Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Can't Trust Anyone, a true crime podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Saley. I'm Darian. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm here, girl. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> That's why I'm like, girl, what are we like two, not even or like two weeks into the new year and we're just we're here. We're here. We're hanging on. <laughs> like, I feel like um, I've already been beaten down. But, you know, it's going to make me a strong soldier. Um, we are going to I haven't done any of my New Year's resolutions, but <laughs> uh-huh. we still have time. Yes. So yes. I'm not going to feel defeated and beat down and all that just yet. Um, we still have a couple more weeks, you know, for all that happens. So. Mm, yeah, I was I was thinking I was like, have I completed? I mean, my New Year's resolutions, to be honest, are like kind of just something I want to improve like throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So it's not really something that I'm like, okay, I, you know, achieved it in this week, like I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like personal goals that I want to start picking up and implementing throughout the year and hopefully carry it on in the future. But yes. we'll see. I mean, like, I, I think I'm doing okay so far. <laughs> That's all we can do. Exactly. That is all we can do. So I'm going to um, start us off with the question of the day. <laughs> okay. Why are we so goofy? Okay. Okay. I guess I'm already laughing. I haven't even asked it. Okay. So if animals could talk, which animal do you think would be the most boring one to listen to? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, the most boring. Yeah, the most boring animal to listen to if they could talk. Oh my gosh! Maybe <laughs> like a. Let me deep dive into the Amazon rainforest and <laughs> the safari. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. The most boring. Why am I taking this so serious? Okay, um, the most boring. Okay. I'm going to have to go with, mm, I don't know. Okay. The first one that had popped in my mind was a sloth. Okay. And I think because they, it's not even because they literally move at 0.2 miles per hour. It's (laughs) what do they do? I mean, they don't have, they don't do anything. Like there, there's no excitement, you know, in their environment, they literally just sleep and climb trees. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You know, they they a very boring life. So I think that they would have very boring conversations. Oh my gosh. I freaking hate you for that because that was literally my answer. See? You, you see? <laughs> that was literally my answer. But I did have um a like a second one that I was like, okay, you know, because sloths, you know, are pretty I feel like that's the obvious answer. My second one would have been an aardvark. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't know why, but they just give off like, like Mr. Know-it-all vibes. And it's like, okay, shut up, you know, stay over there, mind your business. You're boring. I don't want to hear it. Like, they just seem like the kind of animal that they're like a walking encyclopedia. And like, they'll just be going on and on and on about something. (laughs) That is so <laughs> hilarious. Oh my gosh. I I've never even seen one in real life, I don't think. Um 
Where do you even? Do you remember that one um, cartoon? Uh, what was it called? Wasn't he an aardvark? He was like, it, it was like a meme for the last couple of years where he was like doing a fist. He's yeah. like brown. Is it Arthur? No, is, is it? Is Arthur an aardvark? It is Arthur though, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I want to say he is, but don't, don't quote me on that. I want like for a split second I thought is he an ant eater maybe but no he's not an ant eater I think he might be an aardvark um (laughs) yeah so everybody we need to go back to um science class um and learn our animals yes Um, but I you know what let's let's just say that Arthur is okay you know what I can't really say anything because I thought that Arthur was some type of um, moose. Girl, okay, no. You see, I, I feel like I was off, but you're all the way off. <laughs> I'm all the way off. See, I don't know anything about, you know what? Um, science was not, animals were not my specialty. Mm, same. Um, I was an English girly, so come for yeah. me with a spelling bee. You know, it, it, it's a wrap. Yeah, I was going to say, um, well, now I know that. One of my questions, one of these days, I'm going to have you spell like some super difficult word. (laughs) Put that to the test. No, I thank God, though, that you didn't say something generic like a dog or a cat. I was like, please, please don't come in here with that. Mm -mm." They have exciting lives, I think, for the most part. They would have a lot to talk about. I wish that my dog could talk. I really wish she could. We, uh, my husband and I, we gave her like a voice that we think she would sound like if she could talk I can't do it as well like Terrell does it so much better um but like he makes her sound like really slow <laughs> oh my god he does it. I'm like don't play her like that she is a little um as they would say like she's like a, a few crayons short of the whole box she's she's not the brightest dog oh my god um, but I'd like to think that if she could talk she you know would sound somewhat intelligent <laughs> that that is so funny um because i feel like i'm thinking about your your dog is the complete your dog is like hyper and just super attentive and like y'all she she tucks herself into her bed like she tucks her she tucks her blanket over her when Mm -hmm. she gets into her little bed that's what i I was like you literally seen her like the fact that i'm in my office right now like doing this recording but I have to barricade myself into my office because she can open my door it is ridiculous like that's why I'm like don't sit here and play her okay like she's an undercover she's an undercover genius (laughs) under uh, (laughs) undercover genius Einstein (laughs) all right girl well let me go ahead and pivot us into this case today so buckle in this one's a little wild Mm. so as usual I'm just going to give you a little quick top line and then we're going to dive head first right into it (laughs) okay so the case I have for you today is the case of a father his name is Ramon Sosa he is a father of three and this is his story of how he learned that someone close to him wants him dead oh Mm, mm-hmm. sinister chills 
Mm. All right, you ready? I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Okay. So, I'm just going to give you a quick little just super short backstory on Ramon. So, Ramon Ramon Sosa was born on June 1st, 1967 in Puerto Rico. He moved to the U.S. with his family when he was around 10 years old, as his family figured they could have better opportunities in the U.S. In 1989, Ramon met a woman named Dolores. They married and they eventually had three children together and moved to Houston, Texas. Their marriage ended in 2000, and Dolores left and took the kids with her. At this time, Ramon had become involved in boxing, um, primarily because his father did it, and he, you know, kind of grew up watching his father do it, so he was super into it himself. Okay. I, why, why do I feel stressed out already? I was going to say, why are you stressing <laughs> I don't know why I'm feeling stressed already. I haven't even gotten into the meat of it, girl. Hold on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So in 2004, Ramon started a nonprofit business called the Young Prospects Boxing. Um, In this little business, Ramon coached and he ultimately just started it because he wanted to help kids from different backgrounds. So. Fast forward a few years, in 2007, one night, Ramon and a few of his buddies were trying to figure out what to do for the night, and they told him, hey, you want to come out with us to this club, you know, go dancing, and, you know, Ramon, being from Puerto Rico, he's like, absolutely, dancing is in his blood, he was immediately down to go. So, at this bar... Ramon, his buddies, they were hanging out, you know, just kind of scoping it out. Mm -hmm. And as he's just chilling, minding his business, a lady walks by and accidentally steps on his foot. You know, he instantly was like, whoa, you know, like he looks up to maybe be like, whoa, watch out. But then he comes face to face with, in his own words, like a very beautiful, striking woman. Mm -hmm. Beyonce. Right, girl, not Queen B in the building. <laughs> why Why was she over there? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so this woman that he came face to face with, her name was Maria de Lourdes Dorantes, but she went by Lulu. Oh, okay. yeah. So we're going to we're going to just call her Lulu. Her name is, you know, a little bit of a mouthful. OK, <laughs> so yeah, Lulu. So he immediately instead of you know going off on her he actually asks her to dance and they danced all night and they talked all night long it was just one of those nights you know kind of love at first sight kind of thing right oh isn't that so cute wish that was me (laughs) girl you're gonna find your man one day okay we're speaking it into existence. <laughs> We're speaking it. Y'all, y'all speak. Let's manifest. Yes. Okay. Yes. Say a quick prayer. Okay. 
So that night that Ramon and Lulu were talking, he learns that she did have um, her own kids. If I'm not mistaken, she had two and they were in the U.S. on a visitor's visa. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So Ramon described their relationship as a whirlwind romance. It was just one of those things that it took off very fast and they were very deeply infatuated with each other from the start. Mm-hmm. Not even two years later, they got married on March 15th, 2009. Okay. It, yeah, it was so fast and sudden that, um, Remember, as I mentioned earlier, Ramon had three kids of his own. Right. Um, And his three kids were with their mother, Dolores. And Ramon's kids learned through their mother that their father got married. They didn't even know it through him because of how fast everything happened. Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, from the kids' testimony, they, I mean, they said that when they found out. I mean, you can only imagine, like their mom tells them one day, hey, like, did you guys know your father just got remarried? You know, like, they didn't even really know about Lulu. Next thing you know, like, they're married. Just like that. That's very weird. It's a little, it's a little sudden, you know, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, timelines, you know, I'm not gonna go into that whole thing, because I mean, I know some people that they would date for like six months and then get married. You know, people always say, when you know, you know. Yeah. So it could have been, it could have been that type of situation. I, I like, <laughs> what do you think about that? I'm just, uh, I, I just don't like how that's how they found out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have sent like a, a card or something. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm. I'm getting remarried. Like yeah. there was just nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had like an actual wedding ceremony. Um, not from anything I saw. Like they could very well have eloped, but even so, like you know, just because I mean, to some extent, like Lulu, she's get pretty much going to turn into their stepmother. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a pretty big thing to tell your kids um his kids weren't like little little at this point like they were like I think teenagers maybe one of them was like in their 20s you know so he could have very well just told them like it's whatever to each its own I'm not gonna judge (laughs) maybe he had his reasons who knows so a week after they got married uh Ramon wanted to plan their honeymoon but Lulu said she didn't want a honeymoon. She wanted to save their money so that she and her kids could become U.S. citizens. Okay. Yeah. Ramon agreed. He was like, okay, yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea. Let's, let's do that. No honeymoon. Let's save our money. So not too long after, they started talking about starting a gym together. Um, as I mentioned, Ramon was really into boxing and he did have like his little nonprofit. I don't think that nonprofit business was really still active around this time. So Ramon and Lulu ended up opening their own gym and it was called the Woodlands Boxing and Fitness. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was actually a really nice gym. Like I, I looked it up, um, they had commercials, they had 
promo merchandise like this was a really nice boxing place and a gym as well Mm. um and the gym took off like they did really well they had tons of members and with you know just that income they were bringing in they were able to buy a new house new cars clothes jewelries everything they were really well off Mm. interesting well that's that's one that's fantastic but um I'm waiting to hear the but. <laughs> There's like, that's great. Okay, exactly. what something happen? I always wonder what it would be like to own a gym. That must mm-hmm. be very interesting. I I'm just trying to get the gym inside. Like I can't even imagine actually owning an entire gym. I can't even get the dumbbell set <laughs> up in here. Like <gasps> amazing shout out to them honestly honestly they were both in pretty good shape too as you can imagine you know owning a gym yes Hmm. (laughs) i'm I'm, i mean that's great i'm just some something is stirring up something is brewing something's brewing so you like as you were literally just saying by 2014 you know mind you they got married in 2009 Mm -hmm. so not that long after 2014 Ramon and Lulu's marriage was already on the rocks oh my god yeah Ramon said by this point they were actually living on opposite floors of their two-story home (laughs) like like, in the same house but not really like just I, I guess maybe she was upstairs, he was downstairs, vice, vice versa. Like, they just were not together pretty much. Um, as Ramon said in his own words, he said, we were okay the first three years. And then the third year, that's when I started to see little cracks starting in our relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. He also said, it seemed like the more money we made, the more arguments we got into. Mm. girl you know what they say more money more problems <laughs> period period I'm about to put that on merch okay merch yes <laughs> yep so I mean Ramon you know he said he was working a lot literally all day and apparently Lulu started getting really jealous I think at this point Ramon started seeing his kids a lot more and According to him, she started getting getting jealous of the time he was spending with his kids. What? Yeah, it was. There was a specific word that I saw in an interview that he used. Um, maybe like territorial. I think it was, but she like she just started kind of just changing, like just a whole one eighty, becoming jealous of him. You know, spending time with his own kids. Like, how does that make sense? Those are his kids. Girl, um, we might have to rethink. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't understand that. There, you, children are always priority number one. Always, and um, her being a mother, you know, you would think she would know this too, but you never know. Girl, not her getting mad that he wanted to be a good. <laughs> not her getting mad that he wanted to be a good father and be present. 
I know. She's like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> girl, get <Wow>. together. <laughs> girl, if you don't go to that gym and clean that equipment up and make sure that it's running exactly. well. Go work out your frustration. Okay. Don't take it out on him for being a father. You got your own personal issues you got to deal with, obviously. Wow. Yeah. So this was another quote from Ramon himself. He said, I felt like now that she had a nice home and that she had money, her whole attitude changed. She just wasn't the same person. Mm. Yep. So towards the end of 2014, Lulu served Ramon with divorce papers. Mm. yeah I think at that point they're like you know enough is enough we're splitting up okay so Mm. I mean up until now kind of volatile um yeah I mean like just how how are you feeling about Ramon and Lulu in general (laughs) it's giving Christian and Blueface. No, oh, no, 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 <laughs> not Blueface. Oh my God, no. <laughs> um, no, baby, no. They, I hope that they never got to that point. Lord help us. But mm-hmm. um, it's just giving. I mean, I hate to say it, but isn't that what happens the majority of the time? Like you, especially. Okay, one. I'm not against it. I'm not against it, but I just see, you know, I think for the most part, it does cause problems in marriages just from what I've seen, like, you know, TV, like reality stars and celebrities, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you start a business with your significant other, we got to lay out all the rules, okay? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I can only imagine, okay, you're, you're, you're at home, you know, just personal life being together, but then you have to run a business together and you have to be professional and you have to leave all your arguments and whatever at the house and focus on. So I just feel like it's just another case of just, I mean, outside looking in, they just didn't have those conversations and they thought, oh, I'm in love with this person. Mm-hmm. You know, we can just make this happen. Yeah, just make it work. And they just didn't go over, hey, you were married, but we cannot mix business with pleasure. Right. Um, I think that's what it was. Cause I mean, I definitely do understand once you get once you get a, you know, once you get a few coins in that pocket, you might start feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. And um that attitude might change. So I definitely believe that happened with her but I really think most of it was just they didn't have those conversations and they jumped into a business together yeah and mm-hmm. that's like that's so funny because earlier this week like I don't want to get us too off track here but earlier this week I was at the hair salon and um, my hairstylist was telling me she's like did you hear about like the tragic story of like that Hispanic couple you know like the murder suicide that happened a couple weeks ago yeah I was like what you why have I so she begins to tell me that like which made me feel even worse that I didn't know like apparently they're really big in the Hispanic community um mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh like I didn't know this but it was ultimately a case where they did a lot for the community for banks like financial institutions and they were married and ultimately they actually separated 
but they still remain business partners. And mm-hmm. long story short, I mean, I still haven't even looked it up because I, I didn't want to read into it. But I mean, long story short, like in their business office, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up killing her and then killing himself. Mm. Um, but I'm like, gosh, like it really just goes back to what you were saying. Like, just because you're married, you know, a marriage relationship is not the same as like a business partner relationship. Like, right. it's because one works doesn't mean the other one will. You know, so it's that thing where you just, you really just have to put something in writing, you know, just understand where you guys stand in both partnerships. So I I think that that could have been one of the things. Um, And, you know, according to Ramon, it seemed like Lulu was a little greedy in general. So maybe that was also another bad aspect here. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. So it's unfortunate, but you have to have those conversations if you want to jump into a business with your partner. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to start jumping into what, when everything started going downhill. So in the summer of 2015, Ramon Sosa had a friend. His name was Mundo. And he worked at the gym too like he just kind of was like a part-time employee or something helped out at the gym and this particular day Mundo was around the gym you know doing some cleaning doing some work and Lulu was there with her daughter um I never did see the daughter's name so we'll just refer to her as Lulu's daughter okay Lulu was there with her daughter and they were having a conversation in the office space and Mundo overheard And the conversation was where Lulu was telling her daughter that she wished Ramon was dead. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, what in the world? Like, again, Lulu was the mother. I cannot imagine having a conversation like that with my mother. No. No. I feel like that already kind of draws a picture of the dynamic between Lulu, the daughter, and just the kind of person Lulu was in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bizarre. It's just bizarre. So as I mentioned earlier, um, Ramon had like that nonprofit gym he owned like years prior. Ramon was really big into helping the community um, and, you know, just helping people get off the street. So Mundo was one of these people that he did kind of have a bit of a record, but he became friends with Ramon and Ramon brought in Mundo to, you know, help him get back on his feet working at the gym. Okay. So Lulu knew that Mundo had kind of a shady background. So she actually asked him, can you help me find a hitman? Wow. Yeah. Literally just straight up. Hey, do you know a hitman? I know you know some shady people. You got to know somebody. Hey, the next time you go down to Target, um, try to find a hitman for me. Exactly. Um, Like, what? Like, I'm just curious to know, people that are in that shady world in general, is that, like, somebody that you have on speed dial? Like, do people (laughs) truly know hitmen like that? Like, that is so crazy to me. (laughs) And you know what? It would not surprise me at all if that was a thing, like, people just had... 
that was full of in their context like hey I got these people who are willing to do xyz that would not surprise me that is I just hate how those conversations are so casual yes yes that's the craziest thing to me it's like what no like no so Mundo actually did you know like he was a good person he did you know do some things in his past but he was getting on the right track and Mundo was actually very loyal to Ramon um, since Ramon helped him you know kind of get off the street so Mundo being afraid for Ramon decided to play along with Lulu and tell her yeah 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 I know somebody I, I definitely know a hitman and he just made up a name on the spot and the name he made up was Paco Paco okay yeah he on the spot he's like yeah I got you like I got I got this guy named Paco he's a hitman like he'll do the job for you so immediately after Mundo was like oh okay like well I, I gotta head out like, you know I got some errands to run and he immediately called Ramon and told him that he had just overheard Lulu talking about wanting him dead Hmm. you can only imagine what was going through Ramon's head at this point that is terrifying I would have been like what uh like where do I need to hide for the next uh you know that's oh my gosh I can't imagine that yeah like that I I know just getting that type of phone call that would be so scary so Lulu had also mentioned to Mundo that same day that they were in the gym talking about it. Um, when she initially asked Mundo, like, hey, do you know a hitman? Um, and Mundo was kind of like debating, like, should I say yes? Should I say no? Lulu told him she's like, OK, because if you don't know a hitman, um, she said that she knows people in Mexico that were known to cut up bodies. What? like what excuse me oh my god what like okay okay like so the very next day mundo is like okay like we gotta keep playing into this so he decides to record her on mm. phone. and he was like let's just see if i can you know get her to keep talking about it and see if we got like something to use against her so they they had a whole conversation like he pulled her to the side and he was like hey yeah like I I was talking to my guy Paco which again completely made up (laughs) um but he's like I was talking to my guy Paco like he just wanted to know a little bit more information on what you're looking for and Lulu basically was like yeah I mean you know whatever he thinks let's, let's try to make it look like an accident um And she even said on the recording, like, I, I'm going to start like my acting skills pretty much. And she's like, I'm going to pretend to cry after it happens. Wow. It's cold. Girl. Yeah. Isn't that, oh my gosh, that is so, again, like you said, the casualness that she's like using, just talking about doing this, like her ex-husband. Just talking about it like any other just normal conversation I mean so casual like this is this is just normal everyday oh my god 
she even said in the recording that you know she would plan to keep the house and the business after Ramon was gone like she's planned this whole thing out in her head wow planning everything out I'm you know what I'm surprised it's so I hate to say it it's not funny but it's funny because in these cases it's always like about life insurance or something Mm -hmm. and I was just waiting for her to be like oh yeah and his his two million dollar life insurance policy and yeah because that's always what they're after too because I mean she I'm like girl you setting all this up you might as well get everything honestly I mean like she literally thought this out from A to Z you know like hiring somebody how she's gonna react to it what she wants to get out of it like that's scary that is so that (laughs) that is scary So, on July 15th, 2015, Ramon and his friend Mundo, with this information that they now had, they went to the Montgomery County Police Office. Mm-hmm. They shared what they had. They're like, hey, like, <laughs> this lady's about to carry out a murder for hire. They provided them, the um, investigators and policemen, they provided them with recorded audio conversations between Mundo and Lulu, as well as $100 that Lulu gave Mundo as a down payment for the hit. Girl. That is freaking wild to me. I... (laughs) A whole down payment. Like, not the down payment. Wow. I don't know what's more, like, I don't know what's more shocking to me is the fact that you can put a down payment on a hitman, for one. Um, Like, that, I mean, or, like, it, I mean, that honestly just goes to show, like, she was pretty committed to this. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm just trying to, why why is there so much hatred? Yes. Like yes. what is that about? That's that's another curious thing that I was thinking about. Um, because you know, as I mentioned a few years prior, their marriage started going downhill. But right. from all the accounts that I saw, it was, you know, of course, whenever we weren't there, I mean we weren't in the room, you know, we don't know what happens, but from all accounts, it seems like it was more on Lulu's end. Um, it seemed like she just had a whole like personality shift change and it seemed like she was just unhappy. It mm-hmm. seemed like no matter what Ramon did, she was always unhappy. So it it's, it could be one of those things where it was just deeply rooted in her. We'll never know. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So those audio recordings that they did give the, um, the investigator's office that day. Uh, part of it was in Spanish, part of it was in English. Um, so I kind of translated it. But part of, and it goes back to what you just said, part of the recording, she said, if he dies, I will have the life insurance. What? See? See? I was going to say, you freaking called it. You knew it. <laughs> it is always that life insurance. Always. She goes on to say, like, this is a couple more things that she said. She says, I will have his pension payments for the rest of my life. My life will be set. He worked so hard for his retirement. And now I am going to work hard for my retirement. 
this is my retirement. His life is my retirement. Okay, so what um what scary movie is this coming from? Um because like, this oh. girl is like that's like I don't even know what to call that. What what do they classify that as like um premeditated? Yeah, premeditated like in, insanity mm-hmm. like she has really lost her mind like talking yeah. like that. I uh, that's what I'm like it's just so scary like I'm gonna show you some pictures after but Lulu very very pretty like Mm. very Mm. pretty girl like if you you know just saw her on the street you would be like wow like she's gorgeous looks like a normal everyday person you know like and she was fairly big in the community too because of that gym that her and Ramon opened up like a lot of people knew her she was the owner she was always there like nobody would ever think that something like this would happen to them so that's just so scary to think about that she had this whole plan thought out that is so crazy crazy girl crazy so this was so frustrating to me but while mundo and ramon were at the police station basically handing over all this evidence the freaking police turned their attention to Mundo. And For what? Yeah, and they were like, well, why would she ask you? They were like, why would Lulu trust you so much? Like, the police really initially thought that Mundo had something to do with this. Because, mm. yeah, they literally were like, why would she trust you? Like, th- you've got to be involved in this. And he was very open. He was very open with the police. And he was like, I have a past. I used to be in a gang. I know shady people. And she used that. Like, she knew that I probably would be willing to help. You know, obviously, he wasn't willing to help in that sense. Like, he faked help, unbeknownst to her. But he was like, I, that's probably why she was so comfortable talking to me about it. Because she probably thought that I was still the same person that I was in the past. Right. So luckily, the investigator's attention on Mundo didn't last long. Um, But that did frustrate me because I'm like, seriously, like they're giving you all this evidence and you're like, hmm, what about him? You know, it's like focus here, focus. Like for real. uh. But yeah, that didn't last long. Um, So the police they finally were like, okay, like we, we've got something here. And they began their investigation and they planned to have an undercover officer disguise himself as the hitman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was like a whole thing that Ramon, his friend Mundo, and the investigators were in on. They told, the investigators told Ramon and Mundo, keep it up with Lulu. Keep up the charade because we have to get more evidence and information to take to court. Hmm. They even kept it up to the fact where Ramon went out and bought a burner phone. (laughs) And he was using that burner phone to text his friend Mundo as if he were this guy Paco. Wow. The made up hitman. 
Yes. Yeah. So Ramon was literally texting his friend Mundo as if he were Paco. So then Mundo can show these text messages to Lulu and be like, here, you see, like, I'm talking to this dude. Like, he's serious about it. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that, oh, like. Crazy. I cannot imagine sitting there texting somebody about carrying out my own hits. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's wild. Crazy. Crazy. So on July 20th, 2015, Lulu met with the undercover officer. She did not know this was an undercover officer. In her eyes, this was Paco. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) He sat there thinking she was meeting up with Paco. Um, This conversation was recorded. Again, unbeknownst to her, she did not know this. Mm. So this undercover officer asked Lulu what exactly does she want does she want Ramon beat up does she want him robbed does she want him dead and immediately she's like dead I want him dead wow no hesitation in that same recording um let me see here so in the same recordings like the initial recordings that Mundo and Ramon took to the police You know, like the initial time that they're like, hey, this is the evidence we have against this lady. She had told Mundo that she needed Ramon to be dead on or before July 22nd because that's when their divorce would be finalized. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she basically needed him to be dead on or before this date because if he was killed after, then that means that his children would receive his inheritance instead of her. Wow. This girl is crazy. Crazy girl. Literally planned out. I mean. God, that is so scary. Like, so again, this was something that she told Mundo. She's like, hey, when you speak to your guy Paco, like make sure he knows this date. So, you know, in July when she met with the undercover officer who she thought was Paco, she did reiterate that again. She said, hey, you know, just making sure like Mundo really did tell you like it's got to be done on or before this date or else I'm not going to get the money. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that very night with the officer, she withdrew $500 from the ATM. And she was basically going to use that to pay him. And she had told him, I'm going to give you part of it now and part of it later when it's done. Okay. Oh, I I mean, I'm just like, I can't even imagine where you have to be at mentally to just be so casual. Yes. About this. That's the scariest part. It's, It's just her treating this like she's about to go pick something up from Walmart. Like, yeah it's like we're we're like this was a man that you i i truly believe that at some point she really did love him yeah like in the early early stages of their relationship like this was a man that you truly loved were in love with you married him like you guys like started you know like your own family like they didn't have any kids together but like you know like they started their own family just them too you know like you guys 
bought a home. Like you guys have a life together. Right. And, and this is how like you just want to discard him. Like just that. Not even like scary. So that night when she drew withdrew the five hundred dollars from the ATM, the police could have arrest they could have arrested her like right then and there. But they wanted to make sure she would be locked away for a long time. So they wanted a little bit more evidence on her. I mean, what other evidence is there? I I did look this up because I'm like, they already have the deposit, the hundred dollar deposit. To me, that would show like intense. Yeah. Um, you know, the five hundred dollars again. I think from what I saw, you know how it goes with like the legal system it's all jacked like they need to have like hardcore proof before they do something mm-hmm. to me i think they already had enough proof but i think they just truly truly wanted like to i guess stretch this out as far as they could take it to just see how far she would be willing to take it okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 <sighs> What what are your thoughts on that? Like I I'm still kind of back and forth on that. I mean, whatever. <laughs> like literally, I mean, she should have been arrested. <laughs> this girl is so crazy. I I mean I get it. I understand. Like oh, we need hardcore evidence, complete, transparent, whatever. I get that, but it's like. Okay, what if, I don't know, I just, it's always like, what if the situation, for whatever reason, just like flipped mm-hmm. or just, just something else happened, then they would have been looking crazy like, oh, we should have done this at this moment. So I just feel like, I mean, I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad that, you know, everything played out how it did, but I don't know. I just don't like how... I mean that I feel like that's all the proof that they needed. Yeah. Like anything could have happened that could have flipped the whole scenario and then what? Right, because I mean who's to say that she wasn't talking to like another like other legitimate hitman. Exactly. You know See? like she's talking to this guy who you know turns out to be an undercover cop. She didn't know that, but she could very well have been talking like you know to- I don't know how it goes, you know, hitman shopping. Maybe she was shopping around, checking their prices. <laughs> like, you don't know. Like, she, this this man could have literally been executed at any moment. Like, he literally had a target on his back. So, literally. I don't know. That's why I'm like, I get it. You know, I get the logic behind it. As, you know, just a civilian, it is a little frustrating because, like, this is serious. Like, she literally, but it's also one of those things where, like I think I saw in an interview um, the detectives were saying like we couldn't, a lot of people were like well you guys could have acted on it This the day that Ramon and Mundo showed up to the police station with like this evidence and they were like no like that doesn't show anything because anybody can say like man I want this guy dead. It doesn't mean that you're actually going to act on it. Exactly. So, that's why I'm like I get it but it's just frustrating. <laughs> exactly. Like yeah deep sigh Mm -hmm. so they carried they decided the policemen like the detectives like I said they wanted to see how far they can take this to see how far she could take this 
Mm. So the very next day, on July 21st, um, remember, Lulu wanted this to be carried out on or before July 22nd. Because that's when the, the divorce would be finalized. Right. So the next day on July 21st, Ramon arrived at the police station and the detective sat him down and they pretty much were like, we are going to have you fake your death. What? Yeah. They said, the policemen were like, don't worry. We've been watching a whole bunch of YouTube tutorials. We're going to make you look like you've been shot. Not the YouTube tutorials. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Like, the, the what is it? Like, the SFX makeup? Like, <laughs> yeah. This is so funny. Um, get ready with me for my fake death. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not to get ready with me. Oh my God, stop that! Like, <laughs> what is going on? Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's exactly what they did. They spent a few hours and they basically created. It, and I will say, like, this is going to be like a picture. I will um like post on our Instagram and Reddit thread. They were able to create a very realistic looking bullet hole wound on Ramon. Wow. Like they they were committed. <laughs> they were committed to this. So the county, they owned a field, just like an open field. I don't know what the heck it was for. They just owned some land and they drove out here. It's like super isolated, middle middle of nowhere. <clears throat> the investigators, they dug a hole. They asked Ramon to strip down to only his boxers what? and put his hands behind his back. I mean, they the police really wanted to make it look like he had been kidnapped. Um, who was in charge of all this? Because um, I okay, I I mean, I understand uh, why they mm-hmm. did that. I don't know. I've just never heard of this happening. It is a little extreme. Yeah, it's a little extreme. Um, I don't think I've heard. I mean, I've, I've heard of so many, like, murder for hires, you know. Um, I've heard of, like, the undercover officer, but, like, that's typically where it ends. <laughs> with the undercover officer. <laughs> they said, you know what? We're, this is going to be a film, okay? Mm-hmm. They're not slick. They just wanted to test out their makeup skills. That's all it was. <laughs> that's all they wanted to do, to be honest. <laughs> Post it on TikTok. Exactly. So... Yep, they had Ramon down in his boxers. Like, they basically, (laughs) like I said, they made him look like he was kidnapped. They put him in the hole, and they took a few photographs. They took a few pictures, and it, like, he legitimately looked like he was dead in this hole. Like, oh. So, before this, before, like, they, like, did the whole makeup and everything, they actually took away, like, his cell phone and like any other forms of communication he may have had because they had to legitimately make this look like he was kidnapped in real life (sighs) yeah so Ramon actually said himself that he was worried because he spoke to his parents every day and you know like this literally like just a normal day and then he just kind of fell off the grid out of the blue because he they really had to set the scene like he was kidnapped and killed. 
So he just like dropped off the grid, didn't talk to anybody. His phone was turned off. Like, you know, so you can only, his poor parents, they were probably worried, sick. Like, what is going on? Like, why can we not get a hold of our son right now? Right. Oh my God. Yeah. It was part of it. They just, they had to feed into it. The whole, the whole thing. They had to make it seem realistic. Oh my God. Isn't that, okay. So pause right here. What are your thoughts so far? Nothing. I have no thoughts, no brain cells. (laughs) That is shocking. I don't even have anything to say because I've never heard of that ever. I have never heard of that. Like who... I need to speak with the um, the supervisor mm-hmm. because who it's like I, I really do understand the whole point of it all mm-hmm. but it's like do we really have to do all this so in your opinion do you think it was a good idea like no you think, so you, you think it was extra I think it was okay where would I have You know what? Okay. If I, if they wanted to still do that, I would, you know what I would have done? I'm so crazy. I would have made him be like, (sighs) I would have made him like pop up or something. Like, um, they get her or Mm -hmm. like they bring her to the uh, station or whatever, or they show up to her house (laughs) and then they, they're like, um, Hey, I think someone's at the door and then it's him. And then she's like, oh my God, I would want something like that. Not this whole freaking Halloween makeup tutorial. Um, We're going to do the bullet wound and go the whole long way with the, it's just too much. Okay. I think that they should have done something super childish Uh and funny, like a prank, like a, Ooh, YouTube prank. Like you're you you hired when you hire a hitman and it doesn't work out and then we we bring your your dead husband to your house and then you go to jail. Yeah, I, I it it does seem a little extra. Like I said, I do agree with you on that. I think, like I said, I think they really the investigators just truly truly wanted like an open and shut case. Like they did not want any sort of, you know, like question from like the judge the jury being like was like was she really serious like did like you know she could have just been like an unhappy wife like it's very easy in like a murder for hire case to prove how serious they are um I think honestly they could have ended it with the whole undercover officer meeting with her after she gave him the five hundred dollars but they really just wanted to take it there that's what I'm saying. Like, why do we have to? That should have been it. I mean, we didn't, they did not have to do all that. But I mean, again, it was their, that's their choice. They can do whatever they, there was a point behind it. They needed all of that information. But I think that was really, that was very um, drawn out and dramatic. That's just, my opinion i don't think that any of that had to happen and it sounds super youtube prank right it was it was a little a little over the top a little over the top um but i'm not gonna lie at least because i have heard seen way too many cases where police officers don't do enough 
So mm. I would prefer them doing a little bit too much than doing not enough because I feel like, like I said, specifically with the murder for hire cases, it is very, very easy for like in this situation for Lulu to be able to either walk away or to get some jail time, but not enough simply because of that whole thing. Like it's so easy for a jury or a judge, you know, like the other side to argue, she's just mad. Anybody that's mad will say like, oh, I want to kill him. Oh, I want him dead. You know, like, yeah, like they could have, at the end of the day, unless the crime itself is carried out, it's very hard for them to prove it. Mm. Well, those are my thoughts on it. (laughs) Right. Um, But moving on. So on July 22nd, 2015, the undercover officer that, you know, was posing as Paco met up with Lulu to show her the proof. This was recorded. And this undercover officer, his name was Officer Martinez. His quote was, when I showed her the photograph of Ramon with the bullet wound, you know, to his head in a hole, he said, probably the most chilling part of this entire case was her immediate response to the photo. And it was her smile. (gasps) Oh, chilled. She smiled like big ass grin when he showed her this photo. Oh my god. She is <laughs> that's so crazy. Oh my god, that's so Ugh. it's just cold. Just cold. So that undercover officer, he like he I mean he had a whole story. Like he basically explained, like, yeah, like Ramon put up a fight, like it wasn't easy. But he's like, at the end of the day, the job is done. And in the recording, Lulu started laughing. And then <gasps> she, she made like a raise the roof kind of motion with her hands. Like she was she was enjoying this. Girl. You are next level in a bad way. Diabolical. I mean, girl, you sitting next to Ted Bundy, girl. Uh huh. That is scary. That's scary. That's. Oh my God. Not raise the roof. Yeah. Like she literally was like, whoop, whoop, you know, like <laughs> literally. Like, whoop, hey, hey, we, hey, girl. Like this, this man just showed, like, again, in her eyes, the job was done. She saw a picture of it and everything. And it was very realistic, like I said. Like, oh wow. God. She was Not, like, this life insurance is mine. Mm-hmm. Especially since it was done on July 22nd. You know, so she was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm about to get this check. Like, <laughs> that's what she was thinking. So the rest of that recording from that day basically was just the undercover officer and Lulu talking about the rest of the payment. Um, and then, you know, she left the car. And that was that. So, as you can imagine, Ramon's family became concerned because he wasn't answering his phone. Mm-hmm. He hasn't shown up to work. You know, oh that's God. why I'm like, this, this, is, this is a whole nightmare for everybody involved because his family were unknowing victims. Like, they were sitting there terrified. Like, what's going on? Like, we, you know, are not able to get in touch with our son. So, that was pretty scary for them. Right. Oh, my God. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, no yeah. comment. They his his family, Ramon's family, even tried to reach out to Lulu. And I did see like a couple like contradicting things, whether either she didn't answer the family's calls or she did. And she basically was like, yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard from him either. Wow. Like very nonchalant. So on July 23rd, a detective showed up to the gym, the Woodlands gym that they used to own together. He basically showed up under the story of I'm investigating a missing persons report. Um, Mm. With like, I, you know, some family called in a missing persons report on Ramon Sosa, which is your ex-husband, you know, part owner of the gym. And he pretty much was like interviewing her, interrogating her. Like, what do you know about this? That kind of thing. Okay. So when the detective arrived at the gym, uh, she was there with her mom. Lulu was there with her mom and her daughter. She put on a whole show. She was like, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I haven't seen or talked to him for like a week and a half. And she was going on and on about the divorce. And she was like, yeah, like things aren't that great between us. But like, I don't know. She's like, I haven't seen him. Like just acted like she had no idea. Mm. so right then and there the detective was like okay the gig is up and he placed her under arrest and charged her with solicitation of capital murder wow in front of everybody right then. in front of everybody <sighs> yeah and her own mom lulu's mom was there and she was stunned she's like what is going on right now and i think lulu just kind of said something along the lines of like don't worry like it's a mistake they just want to take me in for some questions I think Ramon's missing like she was still trying to keep up with the charade right girl (sighs) throw it away but can you like just put yourself in Lulu's shoes for a second can you imagine the fear that she felt when they were like you're being arrested for solicitation for murder like she knew it was up she knew the gig was up at that point. She, she's so gone though, like mentally. Yeah. Like she, she, just her being able to come up with all this and go through with it. Like she had already exited the building. Yeah, like that's true. So I feel like when they told that, when they said that her. It, she probably processed it as this isn't real. Like, yeah. yeah, like, oh, they're just going to take me down. Like, like she said, they're just going to take me down for questioning. Like, this isn't, this is not real. I got away with everything. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yep. <sighs> so Ramon's family, again, from their point of view, they f- filed a missing persons report and They're thinking, like, our son is missing or he's off the grid. They turned on the news that night, and that's how they learned of Lulu's arrest on the news. And they learned, like, what she was charged with. So, again, their worst nightmare probably became even more real. They're like, oh, my God. Like, she had him killed. Right. 
that is terrifying oh my god what yeah so after her arrest and after um you know like she was like fully charged and everything that's when Ramon went to back to his family that's when he reconnected with them it was probably like a week or so maybe and overjoyed like his family was overjoyed they were like thank god Lulu still does not know she Mm. still thinks she still thinks that he's dead wow wow Uh uh-huh so she did not know until the day in court the day when she was officially on trial she walks into the courtroom chains on and everything and who the hell does she see but Ramon sitting there in the audience? She probably thought she saw a ghost, baby. That's what I would think. That is exactly what I would think. I'd be like, oh my God, like he's here to haunt me. He's here. He's here haunting me. No, girl. He's been alive all along. And you're going to jail for a long time. Mm-hmm. She, this is how like unhinged she was that during the trial you know they were piling up all this evidence against her Mm -hmm. and she really tried to claim that Ramon was abusive girl and that's why she did what she did she was like she's like it was my only way out like he was extremely abusive hang it up girl like at this point you're done you're done done like come on Oh my god, not her trying to pull that card. Okay. Um. Yeah, he denied it. He denied it on the stand, you know, so that that didn't really stick. Like, there was there was no evidence, no nothing. Like, okay. She just trying, at this point, she's just reaching, just reaching, trying to grab onto anything she can to try to make this better for herself, but you're done. You dug that hole for yourself, go lay in it. Period. So, on October 11th, 2016, she did end up pleading guilty to second-degree solicitation of murder, and she was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Wow. I don't think 20? To me, that's a little low. I feel like it should be... I feel like maybe like minimum should be 40 Mm -hmm. or 30 like 20 I mean of course I guess that is air quotes a long time I don't think that that's a long time for the The way uh -uh, for all of that yeah no I think 20 is short that's what I'm saying because luckily you know like Ramon's friend Mundo overheard, intercepted. Like, this whole thing was fake. You know, like, the faking his death and everything. But what if it wasn't? He literally had a target on his back. Like, he was at death's door because of his ex-wife. She was fully committed to carrying this out. Exactly. Like, she literally, like, that's why, ugh, I don't know. To me, 20 years wasn't, it just didn't seem that fair to me. So... She is Lulu. She is presently serving her sentence at the Christina Melton Crane Unit in Texas, 
with the earliest possible release date set for August 22nd, 2025. Um, hold on. Why? She could literally be out on the streets by next year. Isn't that scary? I don't like that. Oh my god. Okay, so whoever whoever was in charge of that, I mean, obviously Okay, I don't Okay, so she what is that based off of? Like it's it's like a what is that? Like she was sentenced to 20. Mm-hmm. But she can get out next year if what she has like good behavior. That's what I think it's set off of. Um with them saying like the earliest possible release date means that like this is the earliest date that she could be let go based off of X. When I think that that would be like good behavior. Um, maybe if she's like up for parole and a judge determines like, okay, like she's not a threat to society, which would be BS in my opinion, but <laughs> Girl, she's a threat to, to everybody. Okay. That's why I'm like, if she gets out, Lord Jesus, I'm going to pray for her next victim. I just, that is so ridiculous to me. Um, I don't feel the only thing. Okay. What? If she okay, if she gets out next year, she needs to be one on. Um, she needs to be on probation. Like she needs to be yeah. on. I don't. I like house arrest, probation, whatever. She needs to be monitored, yes. like twenty four seven while she's out. Um, mm-hmm. Because other than that, she's probably taking that like a slap on the wrist. Like, oh, I literally was about to like have my husband I literally tried to have my husband killed my ex-husband um and I only got a baby amount of time and I'm about to get out hopefully next year I'm do it again that's what I'm like she she literally began her sentence in 2016 and she could potentially get out next year I don't think she's learned anything in in that small amount of time no, that's why I'm like good behavior. Like, oh my gosh, I don't. I am gonna keep following it to see because I am curious. But I, I don't think it's right for her to get out that soon. Because I was, like I said, like she fully carried this out. Like she fully carried this out, not knowing that it was fake, but she fully carried it out. Like if that was a real hitman, her husband would have been dead. Like Ram- Ramon would not been here. So you know he was like Ramon was interviewed after the fact and you know he did state that it was interesting to him that you know during her sentencing and trial not once did Lulu make eye contact with him um you know Ramon and his kids they wonder if maybe her sole reason for marrying him was just to become a U.S. citizen Mm. Yeah, Ramon said that the day that he saw her in chains in the courthouse was the very moment that he forgave her. Oh, he forgave her? Yeah, he said that he forgave her on the day he witnessed her in chains in the courthouse. He's better than me. Honestly, he said that he actually expressed sadness at the outcome, attributing it to her greed. I was like, dang, like, forgive and and forget is all good. Yeah, but like, um, it's going to take me a little bit longer than that. I don't know. 
I, I, I don't like to hold on to things per se, but like, this is a pretty, pretty serious thing, you know? <laughs> I, 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 I think you're allowed to hold a grudge here. <laughs> like, she she tried to hire someone to kill you. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but hey, like we always say, everybody has their own, they they think how they want to think, they grieve their own way, they process things their own way. He, I, I, I say that he's better than me when it comes to that because I would be so stuck on wow, at one point, this was my best friend, like, this was my partner, yes. like, we had a life together, and they turned around and tried to hire someone to kill me. That would just replay in my mind too much for me to um, be like, okay, you know, I mean, at some point, yes, I would forgive, but not that soon. I just... Yeah, like literally in the courthouse, I'm like, wow, like that. I mean, I think that really does paint a picture of, you know, just how good of a man he is. Um, I mean, I applaud him for it. Could I have done it? Hell no. But <laughs> no, baby. he did. Um, he did actually end up Ramon. He wrote a book called I Walked on My Own Grave. Oh, I like that title. I guess that's a good title. Um, it, it it is on Amazon. Maybe you could find it like in a Barnes and Noble or something. But it has really good ratings and reviews on Amazon. I read like a little snippet of it. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's the same story pretty much, but very much in his own words. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like that's just the trust issues that I would have after this. <laughs> Like, like are you gonna try to um hire somebody to kill me you know if we're, exactly. if we're arguing yeah <sighs> girl but that is the case of today that is the story of ramon and lulu um i think that everybody should remain single <laughs> um do not start a business with anyone you are romantically interested in okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and always have cameras everywhere and have yeah. um two phones and um make sure that uh you record every single conversation that you have with somebody who you um like and want to get to know. <laughs> you just can never let your guard down a hundred percent. I I I don't again like this is just me speaking from somebody that's really really into true crime and like I seen how bad people can be even the person closest to me like in this case I would say my husband Girl, <laughs> do you do you think I trust that man 100% I would say probably like 99.8 <laughs> you just never know and like that's what I'm saying like it's not even about like a person's character like anything like people snap like anything can happen <laughs> I sound paranoid as hell I know oh my gosh um anyways anyways um Terrell if you're hearing this I love you <laughs> man we're just joking these are exactly jokes jokes JK JK <laughs> JK JK oh uh, anyways well I'm gonna get us wrapped up here and it's this case right here (laughs) is the epitome of what we always say you cannot trust anyone period 
period. Period. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.